This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blank, episode 152. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey there, and welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Blanc. I'm really excited that you're here. Also excited is that I have Rich Dad Advisor, Garrett Sutton, on the show today. Garrett is uh, Robert Kiyosaki's asset protection attorney. He's authored, gosh, seven books right now. Uh, One of them, which is really awesome, is Loopholes of Real Estate. He also also got a book called Start Your Own Corporation. And um, he's CEO of Corporate Direct and is really focused on helping entrepreneurs with asset protection of all types. And so in the show, we talk about the four different steps to really make sure that you're protecting the assets, particularly around real estate. So I'm really excited to get into that. Uh, before we do, though, I just want to highlight that we have a lot of stuff we're doing on social right now. I'm kind of a late bloomer with regards to social, but becoming much more active on Facebook as well as Instagram. Oh, gosh, I know Instagram. But we're putting out uh, videos and things of that every single day and working really hard on it. I have a social media gal. She's fantastic. And she's making me do all this crazy stuff on social media. And I'm starting to like it a lot more. So uh, Facebook is michaelblanc.com right now. Just search for Michael Blanc on Facebook. We also have a new private Facebook group called the Apartment Investor Network. So just Google for that. That's actually our group. We don't brand it very much, uh, but there's very there's several thousand people in there. It's very active. So it's the Apartment Investor Network. And then the Facebook page is michaelblanc.com. Also, Instagram is the michaelblanc is the handle. Maybe we'll make those two match uh, someday so we don't have to call them out separately, but check those out. Um, I go on Instagram Live and Facebook Live uh, several times a week, and you can kind of follow me along a little bit and see what I'm up to all day. Anyway, so without further ado, let's get right into the show with uh, Rich Dad Advisor, Garrett Sutton. Here we go. Garrett, welcome very much to the show. Thanks, Michael. Pleasure to be with you. Well, this is going to be great because sometimes we don't really think too much about asset protection. It's a little bit of an afterthought until we get some kind of lawsuit in the, in the mail, and you're like, huh, maybe I should have thought about that a few years ago. In trying to prevent some of the afterthought here, can you give us an idea of why asset protection is an important thing to consider kind of from day one, especially when you're dealing with real estate? Well, that's the key, Michael, from day one, because a lot of people will buy that first piece of real estate and they'll be too busy to set up the LLC, which is how we like to protect real estate. The title company will say, well, that's going to be an extra document or two. And so they just put it off. They know they should do it but they just never get around to it. And so we had a horror story. I was giving a talk in San Francisco and a lady came up to me and she wanted to set up an LLC for a duplex she was buying in California. And, you know, California, you got to pay to play. It's an expensive state. And the annual filing fee for an LLC in California is a minimum $800 per year. And when I told her that, she said, oh, no, no, I can't afford that. I can't afford $800 a year. I go, well, you know, hopefully you have insurance, but I would consider the LLC at some point. And so I come back to San Francisco for the next talk and she comes up to me and she goes, I'd like to set up that LLC now. I was sued by my tenant. And at that point, it's too late. If title was held in your individual name and the tenant sues, they're suing you as an individual they can reach all of your personal assets. Whereas if we'd set up that LLC, they would have been able to get inside the LLC, but not beyond it. So there are nightmare stories out there, Michael, where people actually do 
put off setting up the LLC and it creates a problem for them later. Yeah, it really does here. Now, now I'm aware that people can sue anyone for any reason whatsoever. And if, if, if someone can sue the LLC, they can also sue you personally. How is the individual still protected when that happens? Is there some way to quickly deal with that and redirect the suit to just the LLC? Yeah, the courts have gotten better, actually, at not allowing the individuals to be sued. If you do it right, if the tenant writes the check out to the name of the LLC, if the lease is in the name of the LLC and not the individual, the courts will respect that. And if your name shows up on the caption, your attorney, uh, and in some cases, the attorney will be provided by the insurance company, uh, the attorney will work to get your name off it because the tenant did not rent from you personally. They rented from the LLC. They paid their rent to the LLC. And so the courts will respect that difference. Yeah, that's that's really important. Now, you mentioned insurance. And this is, again, one of those things where we're talking about asset protection. What role does insurance play alongside uh, creating the entity correctly? Well, I always say that insurance is the first line of defense. You would never buy uh, and rent out real estate without having an insurance policy. And so the entity, the LLC or what entity you use, is the second line of defense. So we always want to have the insurance in case of a claim or whatever. But, you know, insurance companies have an economic incentive to not cover every claim. And so if your insurance company says, no, that's beyond the scope of our coverage, then you want that LLC as a second line of defense. The tenant suing, that's what we call the inside attack, Michael. They're suing directly the LLC. And so they can get what's inside the LLC, the equity in the property. So insurance is your first line of defense. Hopefully the insurance company will honor their commitment to take your money in the form of premiums and, and cover you if there's a claim. But if they don't, you have that second line of defense where the tenant can sue the LLC. They can get what's inside the LLC, but importantly, they can't get beyond it to reach your personal assets. That deals with the inside attack. Yeah, that's right. Insurance is kind of the first line of defense. And I, I, I remember that, you know, we used to get just get insurance for a house flipping a long time ago, and it didn't cover things like frivolous lawsuits <laughs> at yeah, all. Right. And it, right. that's a different kind of insurance. So you get the homeowner's insurance, and that's great. That that may even cover possibly things that are going on with the, with the property, or maybe things if you have, you're lucky enough during construction. But if you get a frivolous lawsuit, it doesn't cover that. It's a totally different insurance policy. Absolutely. And then also, you know, you want your personal assets to be covered. So when you have your home and your auto with the same insurance company, then you'll ask for an umbrella policy. And like the term implies, this provides extra coverage over the home and the auto. And typically for a million dollars of extra coverage, uh, it's only $400 a year. And I think one of the biggest risks, Michael, is getting in that horrific car wreck. Well, if you have enough insurance through your regular car insurance and an umbrella policy of a million or two, the attorneys know how to get at that money. They're not very good. This is called the outside attack where they sue after a car wreck. It has nothing to do with the real estate, but they'd like to get at the real estate. So in attack number two, they're suing to get inside the LLC from the outside. And it's really difficult to do if we use the right entities as well. If we have enough umbrella insurance for the attorneys to go after, then they tend to leave you alone on your other assets. So it's a comprehensive structure that we like to 
put together. We want to protect against the tenant suing in the inside attack, and we want to prevent against the car wreck victim suing in the outside attack. So you talked about the entity structures and creating that correctly. Let's talk about that really quickly. How many entities do you create? Is there a holding entity? What state is this entity in? Kind of outline a little bit the strategy there. Well, we like to have an LLC in the state where the property is located. So you buy a Utah duplex. We would have title to that Utah duplex in the name of a Utah LLC. You buy a property in Texas. We have title in the Texas property in a Texas LLC. If you get sued in those states by a tenant, Texas or Utah law would apply. And so that protects you on the inside attack. On the outside attack, we would have the Utah LLC and the Texas LLC owned by one Wyoming LLC. And we'll go into why we like that structure. But Wyoming is one of the strongest asset protection states there is. The protection through the charging order procedure, which I can explain, is really great. As well, Wyoming only charges $50 a year as an annual fee compared with that $800 for California. Uh, Nevada and Delaware are two good states, but they charge $350 a year for the same service. And Wyoming keeps your name off the state website. So they don't collect the information as to who's the member, meaning the owner, and who's the manager. So you have privacy with Wyoming. So that's how we tend to structure things. For business, it would be a little bit different, Michael. But in terms of real estate, we like to have uh, LLC in the state where the property's located on title. And then a number of those LLCs across the country would be just owned by one Wyoming LLC for the better protection on the outside attack, the attack where the car wreck victim is trying to get through the Wyoming LLC to your other title holding LLCs. All right. So it looks like you're picking certain states because there's something that protects against what you call a charging order. Uh, And you talked about Wyoming over Delaware, because I've heard it as well, but Wyoming is cheaper, gives you more privacy. So what is this charging order? Why is that important? Great question. Well, the charging order is the key asset protection feature of the LLC. Now, states vary. New York, California, Utah, those are all weak states. And the court there would say to Mr. Carrick victim, all right, well, you have a claim against Michael. Have at it. Go after his LLC interest. You can force a sale of everything that LLC owns. So that's not great asset protection. What we want is a state that provides the charging order protection. And really, the charging order is a lien on distributions, meaning the car wreck victim wants to get at what you own, Michael. And instead of, like California, allowing them to force a sale of the LLC assets, the charging order says, okay, you have a claim against Michael, Mr. Car Wreck Victim, but you can't barge in and force a sale of all his assets. You have to wait. Our remedy is that you have to wait until distributions that would come from the Wyoming LLC to Michael are made and you stand in Michael's shoes. You can receive those distributions, but you can't barge in and force a sale of all the assets. So in that case where the attorney has to go to Wyoming in many cases, get a court order for the charging order, 
you know, that's kind of a pain. It's, it's not, you know, something that is in their best interest to do. They would rather go after the next big case with insurance money Mm-hmm. Then go out, you know, have to hire an attorney in Wyoming to sit around and wait to get paid. So using the Wyoming entity for the charging order protection is great. Now, if you've made distributions through your Wyoming LLC, you may not make distributions once the charging order comes into effect. You know, the car wreck victim is standing in your shoes waiting for distributions you know, you may not make distributions from, in our example, the Utah LLC or the Texas LLC that is owned by the Wyoming LLC. You may not distribute money from Utah to Wyoming to Michael. So you control the spigot here. But more importantly, Michael, is, you know, attorneys in these types of cases are on a contingency fee, meaning they get a percentage of what's collected in the case. And this is good, actually, because people don't have the money when they get in a car wreck to pay an attorney a, a huge amount of money to go after money for their injuries. So it's called a contingency fee where the attorney gets a third or 40 percent of whatever's collected. They put up all the time and money to advance the case and they get a percentage of it. That's their reward. Well, if they can collect from an insurance company, which they know how to do then they will be satisfied. If they have to go fight against a Wyoming LLC, that's just not a good bet for them. They have Mm -hmm. to do a bunch of extra work and they'd rather take the next case that has more insurance money. So that's why we like the umbrella policy. We always recommend people have insurance as the first line of defense. And these entities properly structured are the second line of defense and they will protect you. That's really important, uh, setting up the, that holding company in Wyoming or, or Delaware. But it sounds like Wyoming is a better one. Now, by the way, I just want to mention that uh, you are an author of several books. And one of the really good ones is The Loopholes of Real Estate. And uh, you talk also about, uh, obviously, the importance of setting up the LLC. But you also talk about these corporate formalities. And I think I kind of know what those are. But why are those important? And what does it entail? And, and what's the impact of not maintaining those? Good question. So the corporate formalities are the requirements that you have to make sure that your corporation or LLC, this rule applies to LLCs and LPs as well. So once you set up the corporation or LLC, you know, you've paid your money to the state, you've got the charter and great, you're protected. But there are these ongoing requirements you need to follow in order to stay protected. So what are some of the corporate formalities? Well, whether you're a corporation or an LLC, you need to have a meeting once a year to show that you're following the formalities, you're electing officers and managers each year. And so we assist people in in doing the annual meeting minutes. And so that is one of them that you have to do. And a lot of people will forget to do them. And if you go into court and you haven't followed the formalities, you don't have any minutes, the judge can say, you know, the plaintiff in this case is right. You didn't follow the formalities. And so we're going to ignore the corporate or LLC form. We're going to pierce the veil and go through the corporation or LLC and go after your personal assets. So you've set up the corporation to protect your personal assets from attack, but by failing to follow these corporate formalities, the court is allowing the plaintiff to pierce through the corporation or the LLC 
and get at your personal assets. So we don't want to do that. It's not hard to follow these formalities, but it's pretty dramatic if you don't. You can be personally liable for any claim. So what are some other corporate formalities? Well, you need to have a registered agent in the state where you set up your LLC and the state where the LLC is qualified to do business in. And you know, we provide that service in all 50 states. It's $125 a year. It's not expensive, but it's really important. If you don't have that registered agent, someone can try and sue you. You won't get notice of the lawsuit. And they have a default judgment. They go back to court. They say, we tried to sue Michael, but, you know, he didn't have a registered agent we could reach. And the court will say, well, publish notice in the newspaper. They'll do that, you know, on the those notices in the newspaper. They have the <laughs> no two-point type that yeah. no one ever reads. That's your notice. So if they go back to court and say, we published the notice in the newspaper, they didn't answer. So the court says, you get a default judgment, meaning you win. You want to have that registered agent paid up and ready to provide you notice of a lawsuit. You also want to have a separate tax return for your LLC or corporation. You know, failing to file a separate tax return is a failure of the corporate formalities, as is not having a separate bank account for the corporation or LLC. You can't conduct your business through your personal bank account. You have to have a separate business bank account. So those are some of the formalities. As we've mentioned, it's not hard to follow these. It's just dramatic if you don't. They did a survey in the country. How often, what percentage of the time do you think the corporate veil is pierced and people are held personally responsible? I was going to ask you that same question. That's a great question. I'm going to say it's not very likely, but I'm, I suspect you might tell me otherwise. 50% of the time, Oof. the veil is pierced. That is really surprising to me. That means a lot of people aren't following these formalities. And it also means a lot of plaintiff's attorneys know that people aren't following the formalities and they're going into court and getting a judgment against the individual as opposed to the corporation or LLC. So it's really important to follow these formalities. All right. So let's say I haven't, I just listened to this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, I've had my company now for three, four years. I have not done any of this stuff. Or let's say I've done some of this stuff. So let's say I have a bank account, uh, but I certainly haven't been taking minutes or anything like that. Is, is it too late to kind of fix this retroactively or what can I do now? Well, I always say don't tell anyone, but then uh, we can clean it up. There is an ability to clean this up, to do the minutes that you intended to do two or three years ago. A lot of people, Michael, will set up these entities through some online service for $99, and all you get is the articles of organization, the filing with the state, but they never give you the operating agreement, which is the roadmap for how the LLC operates. They never provide you with the minutes, which if the IRS comes calling, they want to see, as well as the membership certificates where you've issued the interests in the company to the various owners. So if you haven't done that and you haven't been sued yet, it's not too late. We can clean it up. We can get things taken care of so that if there is a problem in the future, you can show that you followed the formalities, you have the operating agreement, you have the minutes, and key, you have the certificates reflecting ownership. We can clean it up. Gotcha. 
Now, speaking of cleaning up, what about the holding companies, the LLC stuff? So let's say I'm smart enough to create an LLC and let's say we're buying an apartment building. So I'm going to have a single purpose entity LLC in uh, you know wherever state the building is in. But I've never heard of this Wyoming holding company thing at all. Is it too late to, to do that? And, and if what's involved in that? No, it's not too late at all. In fact, we have clients that will invest in syndications and let's say the properties in North Carolina. And right now they hold title to that North Carolina LLC interest in their individual name, but they need, you know, they know they need a Wyoming LLC to hold that. They're just going to be better protected in that case. And so we just work with the syndicator and we would transfer the ownership from the individual's name to the Wyoming LLC name. It's easily done. And also, Michael, a lot of people with brokerage accounts, you have an account at Charles Schwab in your individual name, you can easily transfer that to a Wyoming LLC. You haven't sold the securities, you're just transferring how the securities are held. So there's no tax event. And all these big brokerage companies know how to do this. Their clients are doing it all the time. So for those types of assets, you could have real estate syndications, brokerage accounts. Uh, many of our clients uh, use LLCs to hold their bullion. So, you know, the LLC provides protection for a lot of different asset classes. And how does the Wyoming AM LLC kind of play with these legacy uh, irrevocable or revocable trusts? How do they play together? Well, the uh, Wyoming LLC would in turn be owned by the irrevocable trust. And in some of those irrevocable trusts, you have to have a trustee, for example, in Nevada, you need a Nevada trustee based in Nevada. And in some cases, you have to pay them for all their work. Well, with the Wyoming LLC, you can manage it. You can do all the work within the Wyoming LLC and just have the Nevada trustee of the irrevocable trust just provide services, not investment services, but just distribution services related to the trust. So they work together. That's outstanding. That's awesome. In your book, The Loopholes of Real Estate, you also mentioned another interesting asset protection strategy called equity stripping. (laughs) Can you you talk about what that is? That's pretty neat. Yeah. So, you know, debt is a form of asset protection. If you own a duplex worth $200,000 and the bank has a first deed of trust of $160,000, if a tenant sues, they can only get the equity, the $40,000, because the bank has first dibs on that $160,000. So, you know, debt is a form of asset protection. Well, what if you own a duplex free and clear? You know, it's worth $200,000. A tenant could reach the whole $200,000. What if we set up a Wyoming LLC that provided a line of credit to the LLC that owns the duplex? So it, the Wyoming LLCs says, we promise when you request it, that we will provide $180,000 in a loan. And to secure that line of credit, the title holding LLC gives the Wyoming LLC a first deed of trust to secure that future line of credit. When a tenant goes to the county and looks at the property, to see how much equity is in it, all they see is 20,000 of equity because there's a first deed of trust for $180,000. So that equity stripping where you have the Wyoming LLC strip out the equity from the duplex 
makes the title holding property seem to be less desirable to sue. Now, if you go into court, you got to tell the truth. Well, that was a line of credit. We never tapped it. But a regular deed of trust, a HELOC is a form of asset protection. There are all sorts of ways to do this. I have clients, uh, Michael, that will set up a Wyoming LLC. They're going to put a down payment on a property. So they get the funding for a first deed of trust on the duplex, and then the, the money for the down payment comes from the Wyoming LLC. So the bank gets the first deed of trust. The Wyoming LLC that they own gets the second deed of trust. The property's fully encumbered. So these are strategies that we talk about in the book, Loopholes of Real Estate, and which our clients use all the time. That's awesome. Anything else you want to mention that's really, really important or interesting about the whole uh, subject of asset protection? Well, I think one of the key things, uh, Michael, is when you transfer title from your name to the LLC, you're going to want to use a grant deed, not a quit claim deed, because the quit claim would sever the uh, title insurance. You're going to want to let your insurance company know that title is in the name of the LLC. And there have been cases where the insurance company says, well, geez, we thought we were insuring the duplex with Michael as an individual. We had no idea that it was owned by an LLC, so we're not going to cover the claim. That happened mm. in a case once. What you do is you say, okay, well, I'm transferring title into the LLC, and, and they'll come back to you and say, well, that's a business entity. We have to charge you a higher insurance premium, which is nonsense. The risk is the same. You know, Is there going to be a fire, whether it's in your name or an LLC name? And the, the risk is absolutely the same. So what you do is you say, okay, leave the insurance premium in my name as an individual, but add my LLC as an additional insured. And that way they won't raise the premium on you. And you'll have your LLC, which is on title, be insured. So that's a key little wrinkle in all of this. Don't transfer title into the LLC and not notify your insurance company. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When does it make sense uh, for an investor to work with someone like yourself at Corporate Direct to talk about asset protection? Well, I mean, we provide a free 15-minute consult with our paralegals to see if we can help you. Everybody's situation is a little bit different, but typically we're going to use these LLCs for asset protection. Um, I know, Michael, you appreciate Rich Dad, and if people call up and mention Rich Dad, they get $100 off of formation. Our services are very affordable, and uh, we want to make sure you understand what we're doing when we set it up at the start, and then what your obligations are year after year. Too many people don't focus on what the continuing obligations are. As we mentioned with piercing the corporate veil, you can lose everything if you don't follow these formalities. So we help people with that as well. And so how do people find out more about uh, you and, and Corporate Direct? How do they connect with you? Well, they can go to corporatedirect.com. We have a lot of information there. We have a free newsletter. We keep people informed as to what's happening in the world of asset protection. Uh, or if they want the free 15-minute consult, they can call 800-600-1760. So 800-600-1760 and just say, I'd like to speak to one of the incorporating specialists to see if uh, Corporate Direct can help. Garrett, it's been uh, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, it's been a real honor for you to uh, come up here and teach us all about asset protection. 
Well, I appreciate it, Michael, and uh, good luck to all your listeners and their uh, investing activities. You know, I really love about Garrett, he's so actionable. Uh, he breaks things down in three easy steps, five easy steps. So here's the things I learned, kind of the four steps for real estate asset protection. And a lot of the stuff uh, you can get from Loopholes of Real Estate, his book called Loopholes of Real Estate is a fantastic book. I highly recommend that you read it. In fact, all the Rich Dad Advisors really put out outstanding books, and this was one of them. But here's the thing that I remember. Number one is you got to set up an LLC, and it's going to be a single-purpose entity in whatever multifamily building you're buying in whatever state. So that's number one. Then number two, is you follow up all the corporate formalities. Take the minutes and everything you're supposed to do to make it look like you're running a real company, including separate bank accounts, separate tax ID number, separate tax return, all that stuff. Number three is get a Wyoming holding LLC. And this protects you against certain charging orders. Very, very powerful the more I understand that. Otherwise, you could be forced to sell your, whatever stake you have, you can be forced to sell that. And so get a form, uh, Wyoming holding LLC. Equity stripping is very, very interesting. So I definitely want to explore that with, with him as well as how can we set up lines of credit against other entities and strip whatever equity is in there to protect us from that. So definitely uh, check out his book, Loopholes of Real Estate. Um, also, I was able to arrange a bundled deal because I really like his one-stop shop of setting up your corporation. Okay, so if you go to the michaelblank.com forward slash assets, A-S-S-E-T-S, for michaelblank.com forward slash assets. It'll direct you to a page and it basically is a package that sets up the LLC. So this includes um, setting up the actual LLC itself, uh, registering it in the state, and they file the documents. They, you get your complete corporation package and they provide, and this is interesting, ongoing support. So they will be your registered agent in the state. They'll give you some kind of protection guarantee, uh, resolution documents, staff support, filing of annual records in minutes. So it's a really neat package for any anytime you're creating an LLC. You know, sometimes your attorney does it or you do it online and someone else takes care of registered agent. And this just has everything in one place. So you get $100 off if you mention my name. Uh, and the way you do it is you go to the michaelblind.com forward slash assets and you sign up. Uh, there's no obligation. You sign up for a 15-minute call with his team to explore if that's something that you want to do. And just a disclaimer, I, I will be uh, getting a commission if you... Uh, uh, if you use that link, but again, using my link is going to save you a hundred bucks. So it doesn't cost you anything. It actually saves you money. Ha! So anyway, so that was really cool. Really enjoyed uh, my time with, uh, with Garrett here um, as well. Definitely check out his book and his website. Frankly, I'm going to be doing the same thing. I'm really starting to like the Rich Dad Advisors and a lot of their services that they provide is really relevant to to me as well as all the other investors as well. So getting to know Tom Wheelwright a lot more, Ken McElroy, and uh, now Gary. And I'm interviewing Andy Tanner as well. So he'll be coming up as well. So thanks so much for being on the show today. I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.